0: In the beginning, there was music. And I specifically mean the beginning of this podcast. Just referring to the music intro. But, as above, so below. So I feel like it's reasonable to say that at the beginning of all things there was music. At the beginning of the universe there was music. What do you think? Is that a stretch? Maybe it's a stretch, but stretching's good for you. You should... Take a stretch right now. Just, yeah, get up and stretch. You've been sitting down too long. This is the Chronicles of the Church of Food and Music. I'm your host, Heavy Meadow, and this is our first Chronicle. So I should start by saying that this Chronicle will probably be the shittiest of all of them because, one... I've never done this before, total noob, learning the ropes. And two, this episode is mostly going to be devoted to contextualizing the project more generally, why we're here, why I'm starting this podcast and trying to start this folk church, who I am, and also who are you, who sent you, who do you work for. So listen. In future, we will have a more eclectic blend. Uh, I'm really looking forward to telling the story of this unfolding through the lens of my own fascinations and why all my varied wormholes and obsessions have led me to the Church of Food and Music. And that includes, but is of course not limited to, songwriting and what I think the song is, and permaculture, and why liberation ecology is a hopeful path forward for this planet. An episode devoted to Leon Trotsky, who is my favorite revolutionary of all time, and uh, just a beautiful and cautionary tale about the terrors of bureaucracy. And an episode about G.I. Gurdjieff, who is probably my most important spiritual teacher, a mystic from Armenia, early 20th century. Uh, I'm excited about that episode. And we'll also have voices from the farms and the permaculture sites that I visit and try to recruit uh, to become pilot sites for the Church of Food and Music. So all that's in the future... But for now, let's keep it scoped and boring. Just kidding. I don't think it's boring. I'm here. I'm sticking it out. If you think it's boring, no one's making you listen. Go find something else. I don't want to hear about it. Um anyhow. I guess we'll start with who I am. I am Heavy Meadow, I'm a Bard, and I'm a community organizer, and I'm the pilot preacher of the burgeoning Church of Food and Music. Um, ten years ago I started an organization called Group Muse, which builds community through classical music house parties actually any form of ancestral music but we have a sort of a specialty uh with classical western classical music um we put on these intimate chamber concerts in living rooms around the country and we've built a massive community uh and we put on many many thousands of events Uh, and have generated millions for artists it's been a blessing it's been really great um but then five years ago, I discovered my own song because a friend put a ukulele in my hands and I went to Burning Man and everyone was making all this art. and I had this ukulele in my hands. So I started diddling on it. And I literally never stopped. Um, and before long, songs started coming out. And then they started like completely taking over my life and they wouldn't stop coming out. and It became clear that I actually needed to make this fountain. Uh, a centerpiece of my whole being and purpose I just didn't really feel like I had a choice it was not the plan certainly not expected but you know you roll with the punches so I became a bard and last year I took my first tour around the country um, with my beloved life partner Linda who is a van an RV a road trek from 2001 who I love to the end of the earth uh, and whose good temperament I very much so depend on um, so I never forget to tip my hat to this beautiful machine that is my home and my chariot Um, I took Linda across the country and I played backyard shows all over and I would write a one minute long song to a city and I would ask them to host me in their home in the song. Your this and I would put 30 bucks behind it on Instagram, and I would target people who were living in that city. We're into Bob Dylan, who are into astrology. That's kind of my overlap. And um, it really, really worked. And I made so many beloved friends and so much musical community and so much just true fam across this landmass. I'm blessed to bits. feel at the end of this back-and-forth tour taking my debut album The Fool on a Fool's journey and in fact embodying the archetype in myself in so many ways that at the end of it I wished there was more coherence between the parts because they're all these communities who have such fair dreams for a better future and are manifesting them but don't know about each other or aren't connected to one another and let us not forget of course we are the earth And the Earth's ecosystem health depends on interconnection. So, as we build community, as we come to know each other, and as we come to learn to be better neighbors, we are restoring Earth's ecology. It is restoration work, it is regeneration work. Um, So, be an absolute meadow. You know, get to know your neighbors, be good people. We love it. I digress. I had this longing to take these communities, this community, this new community that I'm building, the Heavy Meadow fan base, listenership, whatever you want to call it. It's more than that. And I wanted to create a context where uh, it could live on and these vibes could continue to amplify. Uh, And so as I have gotten ready, my next show, which is The Magician, the follow-up to The Fool in the Tarot, I decided I wanted a more intentional organizing principle for this next jaunt across the country. And I had this phrase, The Church of Food and Music, that was knocking around in my head, and it suddenly clicked. That's my organizing principle. Six years ago, I discovered permaculture and I took a permaculture design certification course in Brooklyn, where I was living, and it turned me into a forever soldier in the service of ecosystem restoration. It took some time for the calling to really settle, but once it did, it was forever, and I will now and henceforth always identify as a person whose purpose is to maintain, restore, regenerate ecosystems. Ecosystem health. I think that's what all beings are here to do. That Earth doesn't make mistakes. She brought in the bees because they gotta do this thing. And she brought in the ants because they gotta do this thing. And she brought in the puppy dogs because they gotta do this thing. And it's the same for humans. This is our call to make the ecosystem of the Earth more beautiful, more diverse, more robust, more resilient. Permaculture was the bridge into that, Um, and it took me to a spiritual community, an intentional spiritual community, uh, that is based in West Virginia, the eastern panhandle of West Virginia. And it's based on the teachings of G.I. Gurdjieff, who I had mentioned earlier. And the reason I went down there with my then partner was because they were interested in getting young people back to the land, and they thought that permaculture would be a good way to do that. And we went down as community organizers, not as experienced permaculturists. The only experience I'd had was in the classroom in Brooklyn, which is not exactly Eden, you know? So they were starting this permaculture center on this beautiful 340-acre piece of land possessed of a Washington family mansion from 1822. It was a trip. The place was taken over by these back-to-the-land mystics in the 1970s uh, to start, you know, a new society. Um, And the decades have been weird, and a lot of people's dreams have fallen asunder. Uh, This place is no exception, but it's still there. It's beautiful. It's had a huge impact on me. I'm very grateful for it. I did leave after three years of trying um, because it just wasn't ready to transform, it seemed, or that was my read, Um, and, uh, and it still might. But everything we did there put seeds deep in me, which continue to blossom, so as far as I'm concerned, it was all part of this beloved unfolding. So one of the things that the the team that I was a part of trying to build this new center talked about a lot was establishing a network of aligned sites in the region and potentially beyond the region to create what I was sort of calling an eco-union um, a confederation of land-based sites that were interested in ecological stewardship and regeneration. And maybe we could establish an archipelago of these sites to serve as the seeds of uh, Turtle Island's ultimate renewal and rematriation. When the brittle and dying state system Goes from being in a chronic state of failure to having flatly failed, uh, a place where momentum for a new way of being was already kind of underway and could take these urban refugees in. Right? That was like kind of the dream. And there are a lot of places out there that are doing similar work and they're not super well connected. So that was definitely something that was inspiring me a lot. But Uh, that never quite came to fruition in part I believe because we were starting off on the wrong foot and that coming together for an ideological reason because we all cohere to this set of principles I think is less compelling in these times than coming together for a vibrational reason or an imminent reason something that doesn't exist in ideology or words but rather is in the relational field Um, and I do believe that that is the functional evolutionary purpose of music is to establish a safe vibrational field so people can feel as one can commune before getting into the more prickly topics of ideology that language brings along with it. So, in imagining what might be the organizing principle of my next tour, and indeed my life as a touring musician, this really started to come online, establishing the foundation that might eventually one day become an eco-union. And how better to do that than with music? That force, that mysterious force that has been bringing people together since the beginning of history and before. And plus, I had this really sweet name, the Church of Food and Music, which originally came up as a suggested name for a community I moved to after having left the spiritual community because this farm community in Loudoun County, Virginia, um, has struggled mightily with these zoning limitations and regulations for example no more than four adults are allowed to live in one house together which to me seems like a pretty egregiously kind of anti-poverty anti-immigrant law some NIMBYist bullshit. but it also just stifles the potential for more imaginative and varied family units to grow and thrive and the workaround is to become a church. And so it was something that the community talked about a lot, continues to talk about. And I had this name come through, the Church of Food and Music. It just popped up. And we decided that it wasn't the best fit for the community in Loudoun County, but it stuck with me. For some reason, it just sounded so right, continues to sound so right, so simple and self-explanatory and if you google the church of food and music with quotation marks you will find that in the annals of the internet those words have never been strung together just so in that phrase so i'm like all systems go i have my purpose church of food and music. But first, why make a church at all? Well, like I said, there are certain legal benefits to having a church, to having that status, though I'm not trying to incorporate as a church that is far off, that is predicated on successful community development. What I'm really doing right now is I'm just speaking the newness into being like a good Libra does. I'm just signal boosting i'm just trying to radiate a little message and see what comes to the fore it could work beautifully it'll definitely do something it's doing what it's doing right now i'm easy uh it goes beyond the legal status anyhow it's a recognition of the fact that spiritual community has been the cornerstone of human affiliation since As long as we know, we have always sought ways to commune with one another, to worship, to surrender to some larger mystical whole. And a lot of the ideology proffered from organized religion is pretty repellent to a lot of people. And so we've thrown the baby out with the bathwater. And Gurdjieff, who drew his inspiration from the spiritual masters uh, of old, from the many ages past, talks about how human beings are three-centered beings. We have our head center, our heart center, and our body center. Our head center is where we think and abstract, where we get lost in words. Our heart center is where we feel, where we emote, where we intuit. And our body center is where we sense that 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 lived experience of being a body in this realm sometimes it's called the soma or somatic sense a somatic awareness and gurdjieff was of the mind i tend to agree that what is wrong with this modern age is we are way too much in our head center we're way too stuck in our words abstractions, transcendent ideals, the idea of progress despite the lived reality of a world being laid to waste in the process, right? And so to reclaim the baby and to lose the bathwater, it seems that perhaps creating a spiritual community that doesn't have ideology but is just there in the heart and in the body is what is called for. And music lives in the heart, and food lives in the body. So here we have the Church of Food and Music creating a more wholesome spiritual context around these two pillars, maybe the two pillars of human culture, so fundamental, so almost mundane as to be incorruptible. I mean... Who could read Bad Intention into the Church of Food and Music? We all know what it's about. And it's nice. It's wholesome. And I do believe that viewed through the proper lens, food and music are both phenomenally spiritual, subtle, mysterious, are both fully capable of connecting us to that largest whole, that grand mystery that's at the center of all being. that if only we are in right relationship with our food, in integrity with our food system, know what we're putting into and turning into our bodies. And if we are in integrity with our music and support our local musicians and support our traveling musicians and make space for artists to create and bring the world together through their own weirdness that they're picking up from this larger zeitgeist ether, If only we make space for those two things, live music and really good food, we can heal our bodies, we can heal our communities, and we can heal this whole earth. That's the kind of premise, that it doesn't have to be any more complex than that. And I'll spend this series articulating why I think that is. And I'll start right now, where I've been doing it. Food and music, the earth and the heavens, the mother and the father, the yin and the yang, the descending current and the ascending current, the here and the now and the imminent, the transcendent and the ideal and the beyond. It's this polarity, this wholesome polarity, the light and the dark, that we need to be with and to hold. It's often called feminine and masculine, but those words have become so charged by our propaganda system that's just doing everything it can to sow the discord necessary to keep this state system that's totally on life support from really completely and forever losing the thread and the story dissolving, and that's what we're at the precipice of. So here we have this wholesome both of the mother and the father, the earth and the heavens. Okay. Let's begin. With taking a look at food and creating a bit of a context for this mundane pillar of life to maybe shine with a little of spirit's luster. Let's see. For one, it's the cornerstone of our interchange with the earth and our environment. You are what you eat. It's that simple. What you eat becomes you and as a being that's, you know, 70% water, when you get to an area and you start drinking of the watershed, the local supply, you just become that place. And in this era of utter alienation, remembering these simple facts of our vectors of consumption, taking the material around us and turning it into ourselves, grounds us in this sense of earthly belonging. And we're entitled to that. That's just what's already happening. This is our home. This is our body. This is Earth. This larger holism that does all kinds of things, like swoops at 200 miles an hour as a peregrine falcon and and also makes podcasts despite never having made podcasts. Um, (laughs) No, no, no. The Earth has made many podcasts. Not this particular chunk of Earth. Um, what I'm saying is, if we take this broader, conscious, intentional, psychedelic view of our food, we do see that to take care of our food is to take care of our own selves, to take care of our own bodies, to be in integrity with our food, is to, in so many ways, have a healthy body. And I would posit a healthy community as well, because to have this conscious, intentional relationship with our food, that which we are turning into ourselves, we need to know about it, where it comes from, the hands that tended it, the quality of the water that rained upon it. That necessitates us being locally connected to our food. It's impossible to know how it was treated if it was treated a thousand miles away Being in real and deep integrity with our food means being connected to our local community in this way. Being connected with the people who are creating these portals into the earth. These opportunities to become the watershed, to become this local landmass. Tell me that's not trippy. Tell me that's not mystical. Tell me that's not spiritual. Tell me that's not divine. And divine, the word itself of course, means of the vine. And it kind of brings to mind that Jesus was said to have turned water into wine. I'm not saying it happened or didn't. I have no idea. There are some who do have an idea. I do not. But I will say that there's something else that turns water into wine. It's grapes. It's grapevines. And they can grow anywhere. They're hardy as fuck. I'm not going to say anywhere, but we had some delicious grapes growing on our block in Brooklyn. I probably shouldn't have eaten them because the soil probably had like heavy metal in it, but I didn't know at the time. Still don't know for sure. And I did eat them, and they were delicious. Um, anyway, food is magic. And... I have of late become actually really serious about cooking myself as I've moved into a full-time Wanderbard van life. Uh, And my food-making ritual at the end of the day is my grand descent. I just take a lot of time with it and make a lot of space for it, and it's so grounding, and it just closes things out. And by the time I've washed the last dish, there's kind of nothing more to do or to say of the day, and it's just R and R. It really is that descending current in to the food, in to the earth, in to the night. So that's food. Let's do music. mystery that's at the heart of the human experience. What the fuck is it? How? I don't get it. I mean, you've got a guy like Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart who what, 250 years ago, wrote some shit down, took this moment of his own deepest pathos, his longing, he put it in this sort of cryptic notation And it just passed through the centuries. And now it can be realized in living time. And boom, the centuries collapse and we're part of one expanded present moment. And water comes out of our face and we cry because Mozart was such a damn beautiful man. And here we all are together in this moment of music, all the people have shed tears over these sweet sounds the years and the many many miles transcended and oneness right i mean i feel that music's revelationary power has kind of been muted by the fact that it's so ubiquitous it's almost like generic it's like always playing in the background at grocery stores and gas stations and so we sort of just take for granted what a strange and sacred phenomenon it is, how it can span nations and ages and bring us all together, but also share in our strangenesses and our differences and our eccentricities. Apologies for the repeated References to classical music. I'm a huge classical music nerd, and I realize that most might not be familiar with this (laughs) amazing, massive, and very esoteric body of work, but the Finnish composer Sibelius has these symphonies, and to listen to a Sibelius symphony is to feel the Baltic winds of Finland lapping at your face. It's to feel your hair being blown back, and it's to feel those cold northerly winters. I can't explain it because I've never been to Finland. I don't know, I like, it makes no sense that this feeling is imparted through these sounds, these allegedly abstract uh, uh, expressions. And yet something is carried and moved through the ages with music. It's just undeniable and it's time, it's given, it's due. And if we do, and we're in integrity with our music, and if we're curious about where these sounds come from and where they take us to, then we are at peace and in love with human diversity. To be with music with our wholeness, is to be in love with human diversity. It is to say yes to all the many different ways of being. And this is so especially important to have and to hold in the American context. And the fact that our history has been so marred by the genocidal sin of racism. And yet here we are in the 21st century, and our most enduring contribution to world culture continues to be our music culture, rock and roll, hip hop, jazz, and all of these musical contributions. It all comes from the black community. Music making in this country, or in fact, anywhere in the world at this point, is necessarily indebted the black American community. And I do believe that so much healing can be downstream of a cultivated consciousness around this fact of our nation's story and that we can take pride in our American culture and our American music. And we have to acknowledge that that comes from this community that has been in so many ways terrorized oppressed marginalized and to dance to good old rock and roll and get the fuck down and boogie woogie that is in so many ways to celebrate the magic the might the majesty of the black american community and that's just a localized example of of this more generalized phenomenon of music, how it does collapse space and the ages, and it brings us all together in this vibrational field of joy and movement. And all voices are welcome. And music, the more it mixes, the deeper it gets, the more it rocks. To be in integrity with our music is to celebrate our differences. It's to honor our ancestors. It's to continue this long song. (sighs) It's the best, yo. I'm having fun blabbing about it, but I don't need to blab about it. Y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. It needs no explanation. It's just music. It's the big fucking yes of life. So, having established a more spiritual context around these two pillars, joined Forever in Union at the Church of Food and Music, what do we really want this thing to look like and how to make it so? Well, I do imagine one day in my fairest dreams that, there is this national community of land-based sites, this archipelago, that is held together by this flow of local and traveling artists, these bumblebees of sound, cross-pollinating, and also a resource base, and a great many folk who are members of the Church of Food and Music, and who support this cause, and want to bring musical culture to rural places, and want to bring new communities to farms, and want to support musicians and music making, and want to just join. The point is that they're part of the party. They just want to hang, because this is necessarily good vibes. That's really what music is. It's an intentional vibrational field. It's good vibes. In this first incarnation, I'm imagining it'll work through a series of week-long artist residencies. I will go to a farm for a week. I will get to know the land. I will get to know the community. I will make music for and to and through the land. In my case, I'll write a song for the land, a song for the farm. But if you're a jazz player, you just attune to different sounds. Whatever your tradition is, you fuse it with the energies of this place in whatever way you might. And the artists spend the week community building, offering a workshop to the local community, to the farm community, going to the local open mic. And then at the end of the week on Sunday, it is church after all, folk gather for a full performance that the artist gives. They are introduced by the farmer the grower, the steward of the land, who talks about what land stewardship means to them and what being a farmer means to them. And they make it available for purchase or for just sharing some food that has been grown on the land. And where food that's been grown on the land is accompanied with live music and people sharing both, that is a gathering of the church of food and music. That's it. That's all you need. Locally grown food, music, church. And, like I say, we establish our priest class, our community of preachers, by having them stay at farms for a week at a time. At least, that's how I'm imagining it. Maybe it'll look different in a year. Maybe a week is too much. Maybe it's too little for functional relationships to be established. Who knows? What I'll say is this is what I'm trying for the pilot program. And I'm currently recruiting farm sites to give it a go, to be a pilot site for the Church of Food and Music. I live in my RV, so I actually don't need to claim any living space. But to just have a flat place to pull up, a group of farm folk to get to know, and a story to turn into song. That's what I am going to be charting a path through as I make my way to the West Coast. I think I'll probably get all the way to the West Coast. Certainly to Texas. Certainly to New Mexico. Um, So... That's pretty much it, and if you enjoyed, share with your friends, Uh, and most importantly, tell me that you liked it, because that shit is all of God's money, yo, for real. Tell the artists that you like, tell the movers and the shakers that you appreciate their movement and their shaking, it's Soul Call, it moves the whole thing forward. Um, But I've had fun, and I'm excited for the next episode, which will be in, I suppose, a week from now? A couple weeks? I don't know. I want to set a reasonable pace. Um, But we're going to get into some real fun shit and also talk to a lot of folk from around this country who are doing the important work of maintaining our soil and our water and our food system. And we'll get to talk to musicians as well, undoubtedly. But like I say, for now, I'm just the pilot preacher. I'm not ready to extend the network uh, because I don't know what it is. And I'm a busy man, you must understand. <laughs> All right, my friends. Love y'all. Blessings. And I wish you good music. And I wish you delicious and healthy food.